allowing kids to have a fidget. So, you know, some schools, they don't want kids to have toys. Right. I always tell the kids that have fidgets, this is your tool. Yeah. Use it as a tool. It's not a toy. It's a tool. Yeah. <laughs> tell that Use to everybody. Use it as a tool or yeah. you'll, you won't be able to have it. Hi, my name is Haley, and welcome to another Family Care Learning Podcast. Today we have Sarah with us, and we're going to be talking about some school issues. So, Sarah, we've done several podcasts, and they're always so fun because a lot of times we're really talking about maybe some hot buttons or stressors for a lot of the Mm -hmm. parents that maybe listen to our podcast or who are somehow affiliated with Christian Family Care or Arizona Family Counseling. But I feel like with the family coaching that I do, with anybody who's had older kids, this is like, without a doubt, a topic that comes up mm-hmm. is the school issues and trying to balance their kids maybe struggling academically or socially. And there's just a lot of factors that come with school. It's already kind of an overwhelming thing. And then when you add trauma or maybe changing homes, mm-hmm. it just makes school kind of the blow up, you know, yeah. place. So you're coming today really going to explain three things for parents to kind of keep in mind when it comes to school. So I'll let you get started. Yeah. So I think just to start off with, I think that, you know, parents who are in the foster and adoptive care system, like they're doing it because they have a heart for the kids and they want to help them. So I want to say to parents, like, it's not bad if you want your kid to succeed at school. Like you want them to do well. But I think I just like when I'm talking to parents and this comes up, I kind of just want to take a step back and say, like, okay, let's just start, like, with, we always talk about around here, regulate, relate, reason. Mm -hmm. And especially with our older kids, like, school's really dysregulating. They've been in who knows how many schools. Right. And they, first of all, got to get acclimated to it. So while we don't want them to struggle, we shouldn't be surprised if that is a struggle. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, you know, I've talked about it several times on this podcast that, you know, we're foster parents and we have an adoptive family member who has been with us now for seven years. And just the school has been such a learning curve for us because I think it was an expectation. If you do well in school, it's going to make life so much smoother, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you are a kind friend, your life would be so much easier. And then as we've learned more about trauma, as we've learned more about her case, it's like, are we maybe making this a bigger deal than what it needs to be? Are we actually the stressors for her more so than school because we're making such a big deal about it? Again, nothing wrong with wanting and desiring for our kids Mm -hmm. to do well academically or make friends or enjoy going to school. But I think sometimes we have to maybe educate ourselves a little bit about why Mm -hmm. this is such a big problem. And so you were going to kind of talk about some of the big factors. I know we briefly touched on them, but can you kind of go into more detail too, just about the inconsistencies, the brain development, how that changes even our ability to, you know, receive and intake um, Mm -hmm. all that learning. So I think for a lot of kids, they've lived in the fight, flight, freeze brain for a long time, that's the way their brain is programmed. So, like, learning is a higher-level process. So, you know, if they don't know if they're going to get um, disrupted from their placement that day, there's no way they're going to focus at school. If they've had regular issues at home, maybe, like, bio-home was inconsistent, unpredictable, there was abuse, then they've been bumped around to different homes. Like, they're just not in a place where their brain can settle down and absorb right. anything. It's about survival. Right. Um, you'll see a lot of these kids, you know, have, we've talked about this, I think on some other episodes or in some of our blog posts, like food issues, Mm -hmm. like they just don't believe that they have what they need to survive. So who cares about learning, 
you know, algebra. They just, they want to survive and they need to know that's taken care of. Right. Before they're going to ever be in a place where their brain's like, okay, let's settle down and grow in some different ways. Right. Right. No, I think that's so true. And I, I remember somebody telling us, you know, if your child is parentified or if she's been the caregiver and maybe going without food or literally in that survival brain, how can you expect them to care about school when they've, you know, suffered or have had to think beyond that, way beyond that, way beyond the learning, how to sit at a desk. I think it's hard for any child to sit in a desk for eight hours a day, but let alone a child who is in that lower brain, like you said, and is always on that high alert to have them sit down still. When we think about it from that perspective, it's like, oh yeah, that would be really challenging or new noises. The, you know, not that classrooms don't have structure, but there's different kids. They're writing, you know, maybe they're smacking gum. They're doing something, all that sensory stuff that some of our kids, they have never experienced. Mm-hmm. It is like that brain of theirs is really it's on fire. It's on fire. Yeah. That's a perfect way to see it. And then I think a lot of times what we see is if they do keep it together at school, because we have some kids that keep it together at school, mm-hmm. but then they let it all out at home. They absolutely lose it when they get home. They lose it when they get home. Or we have some kids that it's opposite of that mm-hmm. where school is just, they can't handle it at all. And we see these high behaviors mm-hmm. then they get labeled as you know maybe a behavioral issue kid or you know whatever mm-hmm. but we can maybe say based off some of the stuff that you're saying of oh wait a second yeah this is a whole new ball game for them and it's actually mm-hmm. a really small this is like the minor leagues you know what they've been through is the major leagues of mm-hmm. major trauma major transition yeah of course this is like not yeah. a big deal and so with that, like we talk about the regulate, really reason framework, I think like knowing that the kids are struggling and that their brains are kind of on fire, like things parents can do to help them not to succeed, but just to try to deal are the regulatory things. So like, right. you know, ask about a 504 at school or an IEP, give them a band around their chair that they can kick or a fidget, you know, make sure they've got lots and lots of food and water. Um, before, after, during school, try not to make the car or bus ride right. crazy. Like, right. try to keep their brains as regulated as possible um, to try to mitigate some of those things. Yeah, might not help them learn, but might help them mitigate some of the big explosive things that are ultimately detrimental to them, to the other people around them, to right. their self esteem, etc. Right. So you mentioned a couple things that I want us to go over because I think for some parents who maybe they're new to fostering or they just adopted a child or this world is just new to them, Mm -hmm. can you explain what an IEP is Mm -hmm. and kind of some things that parents can maybe look into? There's more than just an IEP. There's a 504. There's a couple other things that parents can look into. So can you touch on that? And then after that, I'm going to kind of go back to the first thing you said about parents kind of recognizing and making changes and talk about how we can do that for ourselves as a parent who maybe. That's Mm -hmm. not the expectations that we grew up having or we've had for our own bio kids. But let's start with some actual things that the parents can do, like calling the school and getting all those services Mm -hmm. in place. Yeah, so like typically the first level is the 504, and that's accommodation. So that's allowing kids to have a fidget. You know, some schools, they don't want kids to have toys. Right. I always tell the kids that have fidgets, this is your tool. Use it as a tool. It's not a toy. It's a tool. Yeah. (laughs) Tell that to everybody. Use it as a tool or you won't be able to have it. Right. you know, maybe preferential seating, repeated directions, et cetera. It doesn't change the educational expectations, but just helps accommodate knowing that the kids have a trauma history and that they maybe are either hypo or hyperactive. Yeah. 
Um, the IEP is the individualized education plan. That's something that parents have to request in writing, and then kids have to go through testing, and then that can change their educational expectations. It can also give them extra services like speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, social skills groups, um, things like that. Yeah. So it's a more extensive process, but a lot of our kids need it. A lot of them will end up, if they've been in the system for a while, they'll come with one. Right. Um, so parents true. just, it's kind of a new world and a new language that they have to yeah. learn, um, but can be beneficial to their kid. Cause ultimately what we want is for kids to become the best people that they can be. Right. Um, and that looks different for different kids. Right. No, that's, that's good. And also with the IEP, can you touch on to how, even with the academics, how that kind of provides opportunities or a little bit more of a grace for some yeah. of our kids? I know a lot of kids that I work with, um, Taking a test is yes. worst case scenario for mm-hmm. multiple reasons, not yeah. just the stress of having to take a test, but if maybe they're behind in reading or mm-hmm. writing or, again, having to sit quietly in a room, um, that's a lot for a lot of our traumatized kids. So can you even touch on you know ways that parents can advocate even yeah. in that type of setting? Yeah, so it is an individualized educational plan, so that can change. Like sometimes they'll say, you know, they do have to test, but they get five questions instead of 25. Yeah. Or um, they get testing accommodations, like things read to them. Um, that can even apply to state testing. Um, yeah. We're kind of on the heels of that here. Right. And I've seen lots of kids really struggle between the stress of the testing and having to sit and that kind of thing. Again, oftentimes it can't remove them from the testing, but it can right. help. Yeah, it provides a little bit more of that grace, yeah, you know, exactly. that they, they might need. So, okay, perfect. So, you know, for parents listening, those are some things that you can literally go to your school and say, I think that my child needs this, or maybe this child just came and has been placed with us. They have an IEP. Can I sit down with somebody and yeah. talk about this? Who should these parents call? Is it the principal? Is it the school counselor? Is it their teacher? Who would you recommend parents maybe try to contact with Typically for IEPs, you have to put a request in writing to okay. the school. Um, that's kind of what gets the process started. And I believe we have a whole episode on IEPs oh, awesome. um, on our family care learning. Perfect. So, so people need to go check that out. Yeah. Great. So that might be a good place to start. Um, there's all kinds of resources, advocates, um, because people don't need IEPs just from the foster and adoptive system. Yep. They need them for lots of other Absolutely. reasons. Absolutely. So it's it's a really great resource for kids, again, to try to help them become the best they can be. Yeah. That's, that's what we're about here, and that's what foster and adoptive parents are about, too. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And then kind of before we talked about the IEP um, situation, you mentioned you know, parents maybe needing to have a shift in their mm-hmm. expectations, right? Yeah. And it's hard to do that, especially mm-hmm. like I kind of touched on earlier. Maybe you've been a parent to other kids and school wasn't a big issue. Mm-hmm. They did well with their friends. They did well academically. Um, it wasn't really that hard to get homework, you know, assignments turned in. And so I think a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this too, you know, we have an expectation for our household, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to have, be perfect in school, but you do need to get a C, you know, mm-hmm. or greater. So how do we as parents kind of change our mind shift? You know, I mean, I'm asking this because maybe we have some parents who are listening saying, okay, yeah, I understand that, you know, maybe they missed a couple of grades mm-hmm. because they were in and out of foster care. Or there was inconsistencies um, or that, yes, they've had, you know, harder things or circumstances happen to them. But how do we as parents kind of change our mindset and really change those expectations? Because I think this is, um, school can be something that we feel like it's really hard to make kind of a 
uh, well, maybe a bigger grace area or to lower the bar. I think it's really hard for parents because we want them to thrive. We want them to be independent adults. We want them to be able to use their education later on in life. So it's all good intentions. It's real good intentions. But I think a lot of times maybe, and again, I'm speaking from personal experience, we can miss the mark a little bit when it comes to school. Well, and as a therapist, like I think the most important things the kids need is first of all, to have their basic needs met and to Mm -hmm. be assured of that. And then they need so much relationally. Yeah. You know, especially if they were in a situation where they were neglected or didn't have appropriate attention. There are so many gaps that need to be filled. And I just try to tell parents, you know what? Focus on the relationship. Focus on them seeing you as a resource. You can fill in the educational gaps later. Right. And, you know, maybe maybe school is not going to be their thing. Maybe they're going to yeah. be a great tradesperson or, yeah. you know, take care of animals or something. There are so many ways in this world to be a productive human being and a good member of society that don't require academic success. Yeah. But we all need relationships. Like that's the way God created us. We need those good, healthy relationships and to know that there are some people who are safe. Right. And so I think if parents can just kind of maybe just put the academic expectation off to the side and say like, I'm just going to work on building a solid relationship with my kid. If they get that and the kid, you know, has the ability, go ahead and, you know, again, slow, small increments, maybe increase the academic expectations. But right. that relationship is key. And if it's not there, the rest of it isn't going to matter. Yeah. And I think, you know, the more I talk with parents and the more I've been in the field and, again, kind of got into this field after having personal experience with foster mm-hmm. care and adoption, is learning that our natural response to things or our natural idea of parenting or strategies doesn't always work with trauma. And we have to kind of even rewire our own brains or retrain our brains to understand that attachment is the only way to get that thinking brain, Mm -hmm. that logical brain online. And I think a lot of times we don't see it that way. And it really is this education piece. I think that if we can give that to parents, it kind of goes, ah, That makes sense. If I attach with my child, if we are in a tune with one another, if we are connecting, I'm actually growing that thinking part of their brain, which will allow maybe school to be easier at some point or their brain to be in a spot where they're regulated longer, where they can tolerate sitting in a classroom for longer or, you know, taking an education lesson. Yeah. And again, I don't, I don't want parents to like listen to this and think, oh, I've been doing it all wrong. The reality is it's just different yeah. with um, these kiddos who come from hard places. And right. so it's not bad. But if you're like listening to this going, oh, crud, like that's not exactly the way that I wanted to parent. You could, you know, just give yourself some grace. Like we're yes, asking absolutely. parents to give kids some grace, give yourself some grace and then, you know, maybe get a therapeutic team and talk about that for yourself. What does that look like to change your expectations? And, you know, some of our kids from hard places do have cognitive challenges, and that's a grieving process for parents right. to understand, like, hey, you know, this this just may not look the same way. Right, right. And how do I focus on what's important yeah. and try to just release the rest of it? Yeah, no, that's great. And I love that you mentioned that. we. This podcast is not to, you know, tell parents what they're doing is wrong. It's really just to provide a space to say, hey, maybe think about it this way. If you're running into school being a big issue, right? We really want to empower our kids. We want to empower parents. And mm-hmm. I love how you said, you know, this is not to make people go, oh, dear, you know, I've messed up. Yeah, I think it's Tina Payne who does a lot of work with Dan Siegel. Mm-hmm. You know, she does a great job you know, encouraging parents that when we do mess up or maybe we respond to something in a way that isn't the most efficient in addressing trauma, when we come to our child and apologize, say, hey, buddy, hey, sweetie, you know, I probably was a little bit too 
harsh or too maybe strict or whatever about your grades. I know school is, it's a lot, you know, that's a long day. I'm just so proud of you for what you're doing. And I'm sorry if, you know, what I said maybe was a little too, came across as too strong. Tina Payne does a great job saying that's attachment. That's growing that mm-hmm. brain that our children bond with us. That's healing for them when we as parents come and say, yeah, you know what? I could have handled that a little bit better. Or yeah, I wonder if maybe next time we run into that situation, mom or dad, we might do it a little bit different. Yeah. I think that's huge for parents. And so have hope with that too. Yeah. You know that it's okay. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah. I think this is a great topic and just a good reminder for families that, um, who, yeah, are maybe running into some school issues saying, you know, I, it's not working <laughs> the way that we've been trying, but I really want my child to succeed. We want that too. So maybe these are some resources that are tangible that you can look into, or maybe it's, yeah, having a conversation with your therapist or, you know, another foster family that you know who can say, yeah, this is something that we've tried, or maybe make school less of a priority this year and focus more on the attachment and then see how next year goes. Yeah, and everything is temporary. We don't have to, you know, say like we're never going to have any expectations. But yeah. especially in the beginning, especially with some of these older kids, it's just focusing on the most important thing and then take care of the other stuff later. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sarah, I feel like I asked a lot of questions that maybe you weren't wanting to talk about today. Sorry, I asked a lot of questions that I was curious about. But we, I think, are almost out of time. But is there any other last-minute input that you want to add? Um, again, I just think that... Um, it's important for parents to have grace with their kids as yeah. well as with themselves. So that's really what I want to stress is, um, you know, expectations are one thing, but grace is the most important. Yeah, so true. And um, as Sarah mentioned earlier, if you go on to Arizona Family Counseling, there's a lot of good resources and a blog post related to IEPs. So please feel free to visit our website and get some more resources um, or contact us. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Family Care Learning Podcast. If you found this content helpful or encouraging, please click that subscribe button and give us a review or share this with other families that might enjoy this type of content. Just a reminder, we have the full video of this podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you're a foster parent that needs continuing education credits, you can check us out at familycarelearning.org, where we have an entire catalog of foster care training courses. Family Care Learning is made possible by the donations from listeners like you. If you wish to support the work we do in strengthening families, feel free to make a tax-deductible donation at familycarelearning.org. Thank you.